Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Esther Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, welcome back to the third episode in our series of 2022 WNBA season team previews. We are excited to be able to bring you this one. My name is Jason Snow, but I will not be your host tonight. Uh, I'm just running the intro. Kyle and Logan recorded uh, this conversation earlier, and then we cut it down into episodes. So I'm running the intros and the outros, but they are going to be giving you the content that you really want, which is the great analysis and discussion surrounding the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, but before I toss it over to them real quick, I just want to tell you uh, our new hub for pretty much everything related to the show is WNBANation.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, you can find links there. We're at WNBA Nation Pod. If you want to check out our merchandise store, you can find it at WNBANation.com. Click on store and you can check out. We do have a new heart design that uh, was kind of a byproduct of, of collaboration during the Final Four, and we really like it. Uh, we think you will, too, so go ahead and check that out. Other than that, uh, we are, we do record our episodes live on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. Again, if you want, you can just go to our website and find the links there. Uh, and we will be providing some content, written articles, things like that that we'll be, uh, posting on our website and sharing on social media. So, uh, Steve put a ton of work into laying the layout of our website and kind of designing it and it looks awesome. So we really encourage you to go check that out. Uh, but that's about all I have in terms of pitches. And I know that you're actually here to hear about the Minnesota Lynx and what their season might look like in 2022. So with no further ado, here are Kyle and Logan. All right, Logan, let's cover our final team of the night, the Minnesota Lynx. Now, we've mentioned this several times on the show. The Minnesota Lynx were like the least talked about team and yet were like easily could have made a finals push and ended up taking a title last season without people really recognizing what was even happening. The Minnesota Lynx finished number three overall, forced four games out of first place with a record of 22 and 10. They finished the season with a four game win streak. And much like the Las Vegas aces, they had a 13 and three record at home. Um, big time, big time, like, I feel like a lot of people looked at this Minnesota Lynx team and thought, wow, they really kind of overachieved for what they were. Um, you know, you've got, they brought in Natalie Achanwa. They've got Rachel Bonham. Uh, Laisha Clarendon actually was a huge part of the Minnesota Lynx story because they started out with several losses on the season. I think they were, they were what, 0 and 5? I want to say to f- start the season. Then Laisha Clarendon came on and, Absolutely energized this team. And so if you, if you were to look at, at the links and say, Oh yeah, they started 0 and 5 and the rest of this, the rest of the season, they went 22 and 5. Like that's, that's bonkers to me. That's, that's a fantastic record. Um, you know, they, they've got obviously Nafisa Collier, Crystal, Crystal Dangerfield, um, uh, McBuckets, Kayla McBride. Your your big story is obviously going to be Sylvia Fowles playing in her last season. But as far as additions to this team, the big addition is uh, you have to look at is the signing of Angel McCautry that we just talked about leaving um, 
leaving the Aces and coming into the Minnesota Lynx. So, Logan, as far as changes go, there's not a lot with, with coaching, but as far as changes go with this uh, Minnesota Lynx roster, how are you feeling about uh, about this Lynx squad? I really like this Lynx team, and I think we both really liked them all through last season. But they do – this is really the first team with, like, a major a major bugaboo, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've talked about Connecticut and Vegas today, and they've – They've got some flaws, but we, we know kind of what they bring to the table this year. Last year, it wasn't really an accident that the Lynx started 0-5. They are really inconsistent on defense. Mm-hmm. And they're inconsistent because at times they are the league's best defense. Yes. Cheryl, Cheryl Reeve ensures that they will have a good defense. But when it's not clicking, it's super not clicking. Like... It's not right. just like they, they play half of the effort some nights and they get half of the outcome. It's like, no, they get beat by some bad teams when they don't play defense. So that's how they ended up with a 10 in the loss column. As you said, they kind of figured things out towards the end of the season. Um, they also beat up on some bad teams towards the end of the season. Couldn't figure out the Connecticut Sun. So I, I have a hard time putting them right now in that tier of like, ooh, like they're a major contender, but. Man, they're good. And we were just in Minnesota looking at the rings that the Lynx have won over the years. And we, yes. we spent a good three minutes walking like directly behind Cheryl Reeve, leaving the building one night, just like thinking about how cool her shoes were. Like, <laughs> I feel like we have all these connections to Minnesota now that we didn't before. And they're going to manifest themselves in a really good season for the Lynx this year. But it's going to take a little more consistency for me to really believe in them. They had, of the good teams in the league last year, they actually only had like a four-point differential between their points scored and points against, which is pretty mm-hmm. narrow. And that's sort of what came up to to bite them when they lost in the playoffs to Chicago because they played a pretty tight game and didn't get a chance to play a full series because the uh, the W playoffs were different then than they are now. But um, didn't, yeah, didn't get really a chance to show what they could do in the playoffs. And I hope they do this year. I agree with you on that. I think that the Minnesota Lynx kind of ended the season. It feels like just kind of on the sour note because of the way that the playoffs ended up for them. That being said, if you look at the season as a whole, you know, they, they started off 0 and 5 and then they ended on a sour note. Man, the whole rest of this season was fantastic for the Minnesota Lynx. They were very, very good. Um, I think the biggest question right now for the Lynx is who are we going to keep on the depth of our roster? I don't think, um, that a whole lot of your starters are going to get challenged. I think obviously with Angel McCautry coming on to, coming on to things, you've got, man, you've got Laisha Clarendon, Crystal Dangerfield, Nafisa Collier, Sylvia Fowles, Kayla McBride, Angel McCautry as potential starters. And that's with Natalie Achanwa on your bench. That's with Renaya Davis, you know, Damaris Dantas, Ariel Powers. Like they have a very deep roster, an extremely deep roster. This might be the deepest roster in the league. And I think that's where the Minnesota Lynx draw a lot of their a lot of their strength is, as you mentioned, if their defense is clicking, awesome. But also, when they bring someone off the bench, they don't lose. The difference between their starters and their bench players is not the drop that you see with so many other teams in this league. And I think that's where they can make up a lot of ground in games when starters from other teams need breaks. 
and the Lynx bring in just more and more power off of the bench. So I think this is a really interesting team. Logan, if you were this Lynx organization, what would you consider a success and what would be where, like, where's your line for success and where was your line for, uh, we failed as a, as a team this year? Oh, ah, that one's tough because I think Minnesota like conducts themselves like they're a contender. And I think that's accurate. I think they should be wanting to win a championship this year. And and within the walls of that organization and that building, that's a good thing to hope for and to make as a goal from the outside looking in. They're going to be in the top five, but I don't know if I would put money on them. Uh, Right. I I am worried that a lot of other teams did a lot of good this off season. And there's, there's going to be a lot of heavy hitters at the top and not all of them are going to get through. That's just the nature of elimination playoffs. And it, it feels like if Minnesota doesn't have a really consistent great year, the way that the sun and the aces did last year, they might get caught kind of in the crossfire of those middle seated playoff teams that end up having to beat the crap out of each other in order to survive. So mm-hmm. I guess to, to fully answer like the, the ceiling floor question, I think it's possible that we see the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, I love when you, I love when we start takes <laughs> and then cut them off halfway through. I, I'm not going to say they, I don't think they can be the best regular season record next year. I think their ceiling okay. is two. Okay. I, think I, I would tend to agree with that. And I think their floor is. Not very low. I think they're going to be a very consistent, uh, or not very consistent. That's their problem, but I, I think they're going to be a very safe bet to be in the mix. So, you know, I, I think they could be the five seed because of a couple other teams that we're not going to talk about today. Just getting, you know, getting a, a season series on them or something like that. But finishing between two and five is a pretty narrow window when you think about it. Like you're going to probably be in the top half of, the playoffs and have home court advantage for a playoff game. That's about where I see them. I, I think that this is a top four team, but I don't think that they are a number one team. I'm actually going to just squeeze your prediction in and hone it in by one on each end. I'm going to say two through four for the Minnesota Lynx. And that's only because they have a lot of consistency or they, like their, their continuity from last season to this season is pretty well intact with, just the addition of really Angel McCautry as far as big major players go. So I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think that they're going to drop too far, but also when you're looking at, uh, when you're looking at the standings for last season and you have, um, you know, I think, I think that Phoenix added a lot, but there's a lot of question marks with them and their coaching staff. Seattle, we'll see. They still have their big three, but they were hit and miss a little bit last season. I don't think that, you know, let's say that Las Vegas makes a slide or Connecticut slides or, you know, somebody slides down to that five and six. I don't think that's going to be Minnesota because I think Minnesota um, really is kind of locked in that two, three or four spot for me um, personally. So that's where I would be if I was a Minnesota Lynx fan. I, I would expect... If I'm playing in the first round of the playoffs, I would probably not be happy with where my 
Uh, well, I, I guess I, I shouldn't say that. This playoff format has totally changed, and I keep forgetting that. We've got a one through eight format now. But yeah, if if I'm a if I'm a five seed, I'm probably a little bit down on how my season has gone based on the potential of where they were last season, adding a perennial all star and a scoring threat with Angel McCautry, which is where they struggled a lot last season, was was getting points on the board. So that's where I'm at with with Minnesota. Logan, any last comments on Minnesota or any of the three teams that we've discussed tonight? Um, just that it was a really fun time being in Minnesota, and we met a lot of the the fans out there who are obviously Lynx fans at our um, Final Four excursion. So for their sake, I, I definitely feel like my heart is <laughs> is lining up to be a little bit of a Minnesota fan this year. So, uh, I, it's the most I, I think I've ever pulled for them. When we first started covering the league, it felt like they were kind of one of the evil empire teams because they had won pretty recently. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh no, like I, you know, I want their, I want their success. So they basically beat everyone last year except Connecticut and Vegas. They just couldn't figure out the top two teams. And if that continues, if they just take care of business against every team on paper that shouldn't beat them, um, they're going to be right back in it again this year. So, Absolutely. Well, Logan, you mentioned it earlier on in the show, and we've got a couple to read. We have two five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. All right, here we go. Uh, the first review comes from Coco the Baddest. Uh, and it just says, yes, it's a five-star review. <laughs> it says, so, so happy to find a good WNBA pod. Thanks guys with three exclamation points. Thank you. So pretty, pretty short and sweet, but we love it. So thank you, Coco the baddest for that review. We appreciate that. We also have another one. This one's a little longer. It's by Kvoto, K-V-O-T-O. I'm not sure how to say that, but the title of this review says fun WNBA pod. And they say the guys are genuinely WBB super fans fun show because it's informal, not overproduced. And it's like a living room conversation about women's basketball or a conversation at a sports bar. Not too many guests, just a few guys who love to talk basketball. This is the type of banter that most ESPN shows about men's sports is based on. They ask about what-if scenarios and play those out. They make the case for their favorite player or team, and it's just fun. They're respectful, and I haven't heard any misogynistic comments, which is all too common when men discuss women's sports. So that's why I continue to listen to the show. Also, they are very current and come out with episodes as events happen, like Final Four and WNBA Draft. You can get a very quick reaction and discussion about recent events. We appreciate that review. Thank you. That, uh, wow. We, that, that, uh, <laughs> that very, very kind words there. We really appreciate that. Logan, any reaction to those two five star reviews? Oh, thank you. That we, I mean, I always get probably overly animated when I find out we have more to read on the show, but legitimately, <laughs> we, we really take those to heart and those help uh, more people discover the show at this time of year where a lot of people are probably finding their way to the WNBA for the first time. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, that's all we've got for you today. We'll have more team previews coming your way very shortly. But for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Joe. We got you next time. No, I'll see you